You are now listening to PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast. My name is Point Blank Ivumbi. I'm very appreciative of the fact that you took the time to listen to this episode. I lately have been noticing I'm so much out of breath. I think it's because I record one or two episodes either late in the evening after a long walk or early in the morning after just waking up and I'm trying to get my things in order as far as getting my system to actually behave itself. All in all, this is actually a very good experience for me to actually see that there's a big reception that's actually happening and even my analytics have actually been telling me that things are improving and I think the one thing that sucks that I've seen from what I've uh, I've been putting out so far is ladies don't really mess with me like that. (laughs) I don't know where that came from but I do live for the pleasure and entertainment of women and i hope that one day they'll find the find it in their hearts to pay more attention to the podcast that i create and in many cases i'd say this week has been quite an interesting one i haven't really been overworking myself i have to say that the, the interesting thing for me was the fact that i had countless calls in the previous week that was supposed to lead to more things to be done this week but Thank heavens, the ones that really required my immediate attention are the ones that are actually at the fore. So nothing is actually affecting the way I'd like to conduct things and conduct my business. And I'm grateful for that. There's challenges I've been given that I never really thought I could actually pull off because for one, if I've never said it before, let me say it now. I hate reading out loud. If you've ever been curious of how I make my contributions to the Lit360 show as far as the re-up, I monologue. Same way I do this podcast, I do that. I monologue for close to 20 minutes. And then after I monologue for 20 minutes, the director then picks what he needs and he puts it out. There's been countless pieces that I actually created. And some of those countless pieces, the director didn't see them as being significant or they felt that the comprehension of that material would be a little bit too presumptuous on our part to put those particular parts out. But in the end, it's worked to our advantage because I still get, I mean, even like we're now on t- towards the end of the first season and it's, be- it's beginning to have reruns playing on screen. And for those who actually missed the first one year of the show are finally getting acquainted to what I was talking about and what I was saying. And here's the interesting thing. I'm getting more followers as a result of it being replayed. So... I'm glad to see that there's replay value in that which I spoke and there's replay value in that which me and my my comrades in arms as far as the different hostesses of the show were concerned and the different contributors and a big shout out to them. I hope they're doing well. I hope they're keeping safe as well. I do not do much of communicating as I should and I know that makes me a very terrible human being but I know for a fact that I always say a prayer for them to be okay and I'm hoping for even more fruition that would teach to come because in many cases shows like ours were shows that required us to be out in the field and out in the fore and if we can't be in a field or if there's nothing happening entertainment wise it kind of changes the dynamic and if you notice that as a person who works in entertainment i rarely if ever truly delve into entertainment on this podcast simply because i think and it's not in any way trying to shun or to bring down the creations that come from other people out there but i felt it would be of greater significance when i was on lit 360 i mean we still haven't gotten to the point of renegotiations or anything but i'm still debating if i'd go back on the show or not but it was a great experience and who knows maybe there's more to come that i haven't really realized but the reason why the re-up was the way it was for those who know for those who don't know the re-up was this segment i i, cre- I created which i get to 
curate history of the decade of hip-hop that I was raised in and how I understood it as far as being an active participant in all that was happening at the time. And the history of it is what I found very, very interesting because it served a great purpose in that which I was supposed to say and what that which I was supposed to do. And in my case, when it came to now even coming into podcasting, if I was to make this a music podcast, I'd literally dive into the past. I probably wouldn't even talk hip-hop. I'd try talk... Uh, rumba, benga, reggae, or anything like that. The music that actually inspires the kind of hip-hop I want to create. And it's simply because I feel there's more material to actually speak on in the past than that which I'm hoping to actually happen in the present that I could actually document and speak on. And it's a bias that I have, and I think I only it only serves me better to try speak on things I am very... I'm very informed, if not kind of informed. I mean, it's it's a delicate balance. But away from all that, the, the one thing I'd actually like to touch on today is a topic that I've, I've been trying to ask myself how best to, to tackle it because it, I, I don't want to speak on it in a sense that I'm, I'm trying to bring it down or I'm trying to destroy that which is being created in that side. And here's the idea that I had in my head. And it was that if you've never taken the time to actually ask yourself this, if you look at the characters like, say, the Daniel Craig James Bond character and you look at the character like... Uh, Agent Romanoff, as far as uh, the Black Widow, and in many spy stories, or if, or in the few spy stories that you have seen, there's always an interesting thing about how they pick these individuals who end up becoming spies and who end up becoming government agents and all that. And the thing I noticed was, it always seems they go for any person or any individual and they go for them when they're young and start there and you try captivate and hold on to their imagination and hope by being their everything it's almost implied as if they recruit from orphans and from broken homes and the reason why I found that interesting is because I remember watching the, the the last Bond movie and they kind of give a hint of why he came from a broken home type situation. And in that, the home he wanted, he found in the agency, MI6, he's fully devoted and dedicated to do whatever it takes to actually make sure it's successful. The dedication comes from that. Most people who they bring up in these kind of spy movies and spy stories. I mean, I mean, I've tried as much as possible to see if, if there's a break or a disconnect in that. I mean, Sherlock Holmes is definitely a break from that because his brother is uh, a boss in espionage as well. And it kind of works to his advantage in that sense. But if you look at the villains, sometimes you think they do come from the broken. And when I saw that dynamic and it became so clear to me and so vivid, I started asking myself, how come I've never really thought about writing a story in that direction? But I've always wanted to see to what extent a person would make a soldier become a dedicated soldier. And I'm still wrapping my head around it. So that's how vague this is actually at the moment because I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to come up with characters that I want to make into my own kind of Bond hero. And... As I, as I debate it, I don't, and I, I'm trying to see if I can avoid the idea of making them become cliche because it, it's, it's a dynamic I have in how I write my stories. I find what is status quo and I try to twist it a little bit 
the notes I've been writing so far, there's some ideas I have of how to make the second act of, of the script be 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 put together but i haven't even started picking putting those notes down but i think sometimes even when i'm writing by the time i put the put the first three sentences down a flow begins and i just continue writing and the hard part for me is actually when i'm starting to, to write it down with a pen because when i get too excited i i hold the pen with so much tension and sometimes i even try re reread my to read my notes again and it it doesn't go my way it's probably the same problem i have when i'm when i'm making this podcast i try to slow down how i speak but it's damn near impossible especially when i'm excited about what i'm writing and it all boils down to the ideas of arcs because some people say that the arcs of stories that have existed prior to the period you're writing the, there's nothing new under the sun so you're just revisiting old stereotypes but just changing your take or giving your spin on that which exists and I've always been interested in the story of a person who's a former soldier or a former successful soldier because in many cases sometimes people who become uh, villainous terrorists are people who were denied the opportunity to become soldiers. There are people who are so full of themselves and their charisma keeps on getting into their heads and they hope to maintain that kind of state of status quo. Uh, and I also kind of contribute this to I think this contribution that I'm making towards this curiosity is born from the books I'm still listening to, which are the books of Jack Reacher. And his story is an interesting one. He grew up in military camps. He had both parents. He grew up with a sibling. And for some reason, he just took to the life. And he, he enjoyed being this uh, person who, who doesn't really stay in one spot for too long because his upbringing was he moved from army base to army base. So when he thinks about planting his roots in, in a space and staying there, it kind of makes him become scared because he feels he will become stagnant and that stagnating is what actually pushes him to keep on going from place to place and he treats the world like he's out there to fix it and even when he gets a love interest it becomes a conflict of interest in the in the end because yes you may love this person but because you love this person you won't even say that you love them and aside from even saying that you love them you constantly feel like it's going to tie you down and by feeling like it'll tie you down, you feel like it makes you now risk the potential of freedom. And that freedom is what you thrive on. And it literally made me start analyzing myself because maybe it's one of the reasons why I haven't tried to dive back into the idea of relationship or the idea of companionship. Because I feel it ties you down. And I know it kind of comes off harsh, rude, or... Uh, critical of things I never understand but in many cases people push on their perceptions of life onto you whether you like it or not and because they push these perceptions onto you you feel like you're indebted to them to give them what they want to see so that they could they could be happy so at your expense you'd make other people happy and in some cases it leaves space for advantage to be taken on you and I mean that to say this because certain individuals get to have a uh, a life that requires them to be in one spot for almost 18 years before they go elsewhere, it then makes their life stagnate. And when I say the word stagnate, I don't say it to be insulting. It's just I couldn't find a better way to put it at this moment. And I, for one, have always sought for a greater thing. And it, I don't know what exactly it is, but it, I just keep on seeking what's the next frontier. And by constantly seeking what the next frontier is, 
I will do anything and everything to make sure I'm free enough to go find it. But also, I'm very comfortable with the idea of making those frontiers and those different journeys for myself in a selfish way. Because I get to dictate the path. And to have a person like me by your side if it's a, it's a matter of business is probably an advantage for you because you know I'll go above and beyond if especially I have a vested interest in how this thing goes because my curious mind will always seek to find out what's the next trick that needs to be pulled off and the fact that I've been in one space creatively for more than five years means that this is the one place I can literally say I am not even stagnating. I'm still growing further and further. There's always a new frontier every time. There's always new challenges being thrown at me of stuff that I probably wouldn't have learned if I started in a classroom. And because I've always had the privilege, and I consider this a privilege, of learning on the field, I appreciate even more the fact that I'm in a place that always has curveballs being thrown at it. So that's the kind of space i'd be in so if i was born i'd say the place i have my nine to five is my mi6 and above all else i'll make sure that i'm comfortable enough to make sure i can always come back to mi6 and i'd always come back to do that which is required and that which is expected and surpass even that because this world without challenges or without pushing yourself to see what the risk is or seeing what's potentially could come next it's it makes things even more difficult to actually witness and i'm never about that life i'm so much about seeing to what extent i will further the abilities that have been granted i will further the potential uh growth that i will muster and with every swing of the work i create i hope to make a mark man because I see myself like that kind of an agent. I'm an agent of questioning of the status quo. Like I'm always trying to find what the next thing could be. And if I was to quote a villain, chaos is fair. And even by saying chaos is fair, the kind of chaos I create is this, is when somebody has been doing something for so long, it's impossible for them to try and see how it different, differently it could be done. I recently had a conversation with a film director and he told me the big problem he has about getting agency work as far as making adverts is concerned is the turnover time is so short that you can't get to put your own fingerprint on the work you create. So you end up regurgitating. Or you're told, see how that ad looks make me a better version of that or make me exactly what I see over there but for my product. Change the script wherever you can, change the camera angles wherever you can, tilt it a little bit, do all that. And when I heard him say that and then he ended it by saying that's why I create films for myself so I can be able to keep myself in, keep myself sane, I was happy to hear that because there was a solution at the end of the fact. He's aware of what his circumstances are and he's already made provisions to make sure he's taken care of. Those are the kind of people I like around. And this, the biggest compliment he paid me was when he told me that the, the way I draw not only my storyboards or the way I draw my comic book panels is, I think, like a filmmaker. And when he mentioned that, when you have a person who's gone to film school, has done films, is recognized for films, and he tells you that, you cannot, cannot touch the, the hem of my cloth <laughs> at that time. I was very, very happy to hear that. And 
in the endeavors that he has in the future, I hope actually get to contribute to that which he's doing. And I hope he throws a challenge and a curveball my way to make things happen. So I say all that to say this. There's people who will push their agendas on you and hope that you will be tied to them forever. Sometimes they use debt to do that, but I will I will find a better way to say that in a different episode because I'm still trying to wrap my head around that particular dynamic. But some people use your circumstances against you. There's an episode I did where I talked about how the band Tony Tony Tone had situations where some people got screwed over and the only reason why they could actually come back and still maintain being screwed over was the fact that they already had families. And it's the one time I hate when people take what is supposed to bring a person joy and use it to be something that brings a person sorrow. Because you took the person's creative mind and you put it to sub you, you subjected it to turmoil and made it become an agent of your success to its disadvantage. I don't know if that sentence made sense, but I hope it did. But I try as much as possible to make sure that nobody can take anything from me. And if they do find a way to take something from me, the end result of them after the fact is they just know they've lost the relationship they could have made more things with. And it's never left with any form of bias. I may be angry, but the only way I can be uh, vengeful or get the vengeance I would like to have after the fact is just be successful in things that I control. Served me well so far. And I think as I grow older, I get to even further embrace that fact. You can't force people to be fair. You can't force people. You can't even try train people to be fair. They have to want to be fair. They have to want to make a better world. But some people feel like the world owes them. They're entitled. So that entitlement makes them feel that everybody else is cattle fodder. And so we treat them the way they want to be treated. So cool. You can do that to anybody else you want to do. But don't feel you'll have that advantage on me. I've lived a very privileged life so far in regards to just the opportunity and the chance to do something. And even though it didn't come with fiscal means, it came with the freedom to go try. That freedom to go try is the greatest privilege I've ever had. And the fact that I had a curiosity is one thing I hope to never lose. I still am curious. And my eternal curiosity keeps on pushing me further. And as I draw closer and closer to finishing some of the things that I've been talking about on this podcast since the very beginning, I'm noticing that my, my hand is getting more comfortable in how I do things. And in some parts when I get scared, I, I pause and walk away. And that technique has served me well. My back isn't aching as much lately because I think my stretches and even having something to help keep my back straight when I'm sitting and working in the house has worked to my advantage. So not a plug but i gotta say it house of leather god bless you guys <laughs> for some reason every time i go there they have exactly what i need to make sure i'm okay and ever since i got the new thing to actually keep my upper my lower back straightened out i it made sense from what i said yesterday about how it kind of is to your advantage to have your feet flat on the ground when you're doing something so that your back doesn't feel the strain to keep itself straight it is taken care of by your feet being flat on the ground your back can comfortably sit straight so i didn't know there was a yin to the yang but now that i get it i completely understand in essence i just want you to know that there's some things that will actually be pushed on you by those either older than you or those who are related to you to make you want to be in one spot forever and that's to a certain extent selfish in regards to how the family wants it to be 
if they truly wanted for you to find your own way that would grant you your happiness and sometimes we don't know what our happiness is and for those who do not know i understand even for myself who's known what i want to do ever since i was 17 and i've been on it this entire time i get it i completely get it but whichever endeavor you choose whichever decision you make and even if you have made the decision and you are in that position do try as much as possible to make the best of yourself and be caesar or be nothing at all thank you for listening to yet another episode of pbe daily early mornings and late night podcasts and until next time who knows